Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, we are continuing our series uh, called Anthem of Hope. And the idea behind this, this entire series is to look at the wide-ranging uh, issues that, that many people face when it comes to, to mental health. Uh, May actually is Mental Health Awareness Month. And for many people, and unfortunately in the church, um, I don't believe that we have spent enough time discussing this topic. I am, I'm glad that, that I'm hearing and seeing more churches taking on this, this issue. Uh, there's a lot of things and a lot of things and topics that we can discuss. But when it comes to, to mental health, it's vital that we understand the, 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 the things that God can work in our lives and the things that can be a hindrance to us if we do not grab a hold of them. And so we've been taking a look at several different aspects of this, that, that we've looked at depression and, and how it can affect so many people silently. We looked at anxiety and how that can affect many people and how depression and anxiety can actually work together and feed on one another. There are spiritual issues that are components of this as well, that it's not just a mental health issue, but there's a spiritual component of it as well. And so it's important that we, we look at this um, and we take the approach and what my hope and my 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 desire is that if there is anyone that is struggling with any one of these issues, I've said this before and I'm saying it again and I'll probably say it another three or four times at least. If this is something that you're walking through, do not walk through it alone. You're going to get tired of me saying that and I don't care. Do not walk through this alone. Find somebody you can talk to. There was a, a, a young lady who um, committed suicide this week. And very, you know, famous or somewhat famous, I should say. And, and from the outside, everything looked fine. A good career, uh, great friends, family, all of that. But yet she took her own life because something was happening on the inside. There was an internal issue that was going on. I would not want that to happen to anyone that is under the sound of my voice today. There are many people in ministry. There are many pastors that have taken their own life in recent months. And it doesn't get any easier every time I hear one of those stories. It's something that we must be on guard, that we must be careful, we must be on watch for. And again, if this is something you are walking through, do not walk through it alone. Find someone to talk to. Find somebody that you can stand with. Find somebody that will pray with you if you are going through one of these issues. I said this last week that it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's, it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there. It's important that we move forward. That we, we take steps of progress. When we're talking about mental health and we're talking about things going on internally, sometimes that doesn't just happen overnight. That it's a step-by-step -step process and we can become discouraged because it doesn't happen overnight. But that is fine. Celebrate the small wins. Celebrate the victory. Celebrate the progress in your life. Today, I'm going to, to, to move a little bit from a different approach, but I believe that this is something that many people struggle with. But first, I'm going to open up with uh, a couple of stories from a few individuals, and I want to see if you can identify with any part or any one of these individuals. First, I want to start with Jennifer. Jennifer believes her marriage has no hope. She feels that apart from her husband and her children, she has no purpose in this life. Her husband keeps reminding her, that without him, she is nothing. 
Henry has lived his entire life trying to please his parents. At the age of 40, he still sees every decision as an opportunity to win the favor of his father. Yet, he ends up sad and discouraged because he can't seem to to add up to what his father wants for him. He can't hold a job or a relationship. From the time that she was young, Sandy had been told that she was ugly and that she was stupid. At 18, she graduated high school but had a fear of going to college out of fear of failure, that she wasn't smart enough. And she had a fear of relationships because she wasn't pretty enough. Jill has had multiple boyfriends and relationships in her life. She feels frustrated and pressured to give in to their advances to escape rejection. I don't know if you can identify with any of these individuals. I don't know if there's any one of these stories that you can identify with or maybe there's part of one or part of the other that you can identify and you know what that feels like. You know what it's like to walk in their shoes. You see, each one of these individuals struggles with their self-esteem. They struggle with their self-worth. Jennifer believes that she has no purpose aside from her husband and her kids. There's nothing for her and her husband reminds her of that. Henry feels he can't do anything right. He can never measure up. No matter what he does, he can never measure up to his parents and more specifically his father's approval of his life. Sandy has no confidence. And Jill can't handle rejection. Generally speaking, we have a concept of our self-worth which may or may not be completely accurate. But you have a view and a concept of your own self-worth. And your self-esteem is tied into that concept. Your self-worth, your self-concept, who you are, and your self-esteem are tied into that. And many people struggle with understanding their self-worth and their self-value. As Christ followers, this can be a tricky subject. On one hand, we want to be humble. On on one hand, we want to to serve and we want to be meek and we want to be mild. We don't want to be proud and we don't want to be boastful. We don't want to be full of pride. But on the other hand, there is nothing wrong with having healthy self-esteem. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having a healthy view of who you are and who God has created you to be. We walk this tightrope because we see in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, we look at that verse and think, well, I can't be prideful. I shouldn't be boastful. I shouldn't be proud. But, and so I need to be meek and mild and, 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 and not full of pride, which is true. But, but the underlying principle of this verse is not struggling with pride or a, a healthy self-esteem or a healthy self-worth. But don't think more of yourself when God begins to work through you. The the encouragement to the church was God is going to move and God is going to minister and lives are going to be touched and lives are going to be healed. Hearts are going to be restored. People are going to come to the kingdom in droves, but don't get too proud. Don't think that you're the one that's doing this. It's God working through you. You are simply the vessel. 
This verse is not telling us that we should not have healthy self-esteem or a a, a self-confidence about ourselves, but don't be too proud or boastful when God is working through you. Remind yourself that to do what God has called me to do. When someone gets healed, it's not your hands that did the healing. You are simply the vessel in which the Holy Spirit worked through. That's what this verse is encouraging us. Don't be pride, don't be full of pride or boast that you are doing it, but it's God working through you. It's a constant understanding that it's God going to accomplish his will through us. And so we need to have sober judgment and realize, okay, am I being too pride or if I have too much pride or am I boasting too much that I'm doing this or is it God doing it through me? That's the encouragement, to be on guard of those things. When God is using us, that it's not us doing it, it's God working through us. I don't think that many people fall into the category of having too high self-worth. You may know a few people like that. But most people struggle on the opposite side. Not that they think too highly of themselves, but rather they think too less of themselves. That we struggle with little to no self-esteem. Working with teenagers and working with students for, for a good part of my ministry... It breaks my heart when I come in contact with a, with a child who thinks that, that they can't accomplish anything. That, that their, their dreams are so small because they've been told they can't accomplish anything. Because they're not smart enough or they're not good enough. And they walk through life believing that. Believing that lie. Many people just don't understand who they are created to be. And we walk with low self-esteem and low self-value. This is how it can come out. It can come out in a variety of ways. This is by, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but yet when we have low self-esteem or low self-worth, it can reflect its, well, its way in the following things, that there are feelings of self-hate. Well, what does that mean? It believe, it's this belief that, that you are unworthy or incompetent, that I can't do it. I've been told my entire life that I am not smart enough, that I am incompetent, that, that my past is too great, that I can't do anything. When we have low self-esteem or low self-worth. There's a refusal to get close to people. Believing you don't deserve to have close people. You don't deserve to have relationships in your life. There's a refusal to trust people. Because you've been hurt time and time again. There's the inability to see yourself as special and created by God. Depression, suicidal thoughts... Poor decision-making based out of fear and not reality. All of those things can manifest themselves when we have low self-esteem or self-worth. Not seeing who God has created us to be. And you may walk this path. This may be something that you have struggled with for many years. Or maybe you know someone who struggles in this area. But how does this happen? How, How do we end up with so little... Uh, view of ourselves how do we end up with such a a a, a microscopic view of who God has called us to be there are a great number of ways that it can happen but most low self-esteem and 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 low self-worth comes through people in your life 
When people give you uh, an assessment of who you are and you take it to heart and, and you see yourself as how they have told you who you are, whether you're ugly or whether you're stupid or you're not smart enough or whatever the case may be, that you're never going to amount to anything, that's how you view yourself because of what someone else has told you. That's who you believe you are. Galatians 4, 6, and 7. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. That is who you are. That is who he has made you to be. Not what you're father said to you, not what your grandmother said to you, not what your third grade teacher said to you, but who God called you to be, who God created you to be. You are an heir to the kingdom. But low self-esteem, low self-worth provides an opportunity for negative feedback in your life. That when you had a loved one tell you at a young age that you just were not smart, that you were ugly, that no one loved you and no one will ever love you, that builds on the inside. And that lie becomes truth to you. And that's how you see yourself. In every relationship, in every area that you walk through, that's how you view yourself. Your interactions with others may have hurt you deeply. One of the most negative and impactful ways this happens is through our interactions with others. I have seen this happen with specifically young girls and teenage girls who are looking for attention and looking for affection, find their self-worth and their self-value in a boyfriend. I have seen girls that were just on fire for God and they get a boyfriend and everything changed. That they abandoned God because they were seeking affirmation from the wrong places. And unfortunately, teenage boys take advantage of it. They take advantage by saying, if you love me, you will with me. Fill in the blanks. And so that young lady goes through life thinking, this is how I get attention. This is how I get love. That is my self-worth. That is my self-value is finding it in another person. Not knowing who she is created. Not knowing who God has called her to be. But only in a, through a relationship. And the fear of rejection. The only way to receive love is going through this pattern of behavior. There are many ways that these negative Thoughts, these negative words, these things, these negative impacts can affect our self-esteem and self-worth. And over time, that's who we believe we are. We believe that we will never amount to anything. We believe that we're not smart enough. We believe that, that we just don't have the skills. We believe the lies that have been spoken to us. That becomes our truth. That becomes our reality. We believe the lies and never fully understand who Christ has called us to be and how God views us. Even though we read in his word that, that we are created, that we are heirs to the kingdom, we allow that seed, that lie, to become the truth. And this, well, that sounds good, but that's not for me because we bought into the lie. 
You know, there are biblical examples of this as well. One of the, the most famous of these is Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, Moses says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? What is Moses struggling with here? What does he say? He has an identity crisis. Who am I? Who am I, God, that you would call me? I am nothing. I am a no one. I have no special talents, no special skills. He even goes on to talk about his speech impediment, that that you have called the wrong person, God. He has an identity crisis. He is bought into the lie that he is not able to do what God has called him to be, that he is not who God has created him to be. And God is saying, I have called you, Moses. Walk into it. No, 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 God. You haven't called me. You've made a mistake. Who am I that you would call me? How many of you in this room have said the same words? Who am I, God, that you would call me? Who am I that you would save me? Look what I've done. I've been told that I am nothing my entire life. Who am I? That's a lie. God says, I have called you for greatness. Moses, I have called you to free my people. But he questions Because he's bought into the lie. No self-esteem. No self-worth. No self-value. How many believers are walking in this today? How many are in this room today that walk through that same scenario every day? Who am I, God, that you would call me? There are people smarter than me. There are people that can speak better than I can. There are people that are prettier than me. You can't use me. I'm nothing. I'm worthless. While on the outside, you project like you've got it all together. But on the inside, you struggle. You fight the silent battle day in, day out. Rather than seeing ourselves who God has created us, who God has called us to be, that his spirit dwells inside of us, that he formed us, that he created us, and we see ourselves as less than nothing instead of seeing us through the the lens of who God sees us. We see ourselves through the lens of the lie and deception, not through the truth and the word of God. There are pastors that I look up to And see their ministry and see their lives. And I've heard them speak at conferences and and, and they say things like, do you understand that that, that I fight this self-worth? That I I fight this and I'm going, how is that even possible? You've got a church of 10,000 people. You've got a staff of 500. You're doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And you're going to get up on that stage and tell me you fight self-worth and and you have a low self-esteem bull. I'm being honest with you. There is no way they feel that way. And then they go on and they share the internal struggle. And I go, my God, I go through the same thing. How is this possible? They seem like they've got it all together. How many other believers fight that same battle? You are not alone in this. So how do we find healing? How do we find breakthrough? How do we break through the lies To build our self-confidence, to build our self-esteem, to see ourselves as God calls us and how he has created us. Well, number one, we have to stop the harmful thoughts and the patterns of negativity and begin new ones. How many of you have seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Go ahead, raise your hands. How many of you have seen it? Wow, 
A lot of you need to watch the movies a little bit more. <laughs> so spoiler alert, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil the movie for you. So if you haven't, you want us to watch it, close your ears. Main character, George, he feels like a failure. Until the angel shows him what the world would be like without him. And how negative and how bad the world would be without him. Because he believes it would be better if he would just never born. That everyone's life would be better if I wasn't in it. Until the angel shows him, if you weren't here, this is how it would impact those that you love. That the world would be a much darker place without you in it. You may feel like the world would be a better place without you in it. That if God just wiped you off the face of the earth, that, that you just poof gone, everybody would be so much better. And that's a negative thought pattern that far too many people believe. And it feeds into the lies. And we build and it builds and it builds and it builds. You have to see that your influence, your impact in other people's lives is powerful and purposeful. That you have impacted people that you probably don't even realize. But when you sit back and you reflect on your life and, and realize the people that you've impacted, the, the positive ways that you have spoken, the positive ways that you have encouraged others, that you have made a difference in someone else's life. Even though you feel like you're unworthy, even though you feel like you're not special, you are worthy, you are special, and God has used you. There are times that you have probably helped somebody that nobody even knows about. That you saw somebody on the side of the road and you pulled over and you helped change their tire. That's not insignificant. That's important. You did something in their life. Maybe you taught a Sunday school class and you, you, you instilled uh, the, 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 the word of God into kids. Oh, that was nothing. I, you know, I was just there. Like, no, that is meaningful. That is purposeful. You did something that was a positive light in their life. There are ways that you have impacted people, and I could go on and on and on today. But if you really reflect on your life, you can see that you have made a difference in someone else's life. And it's important that you see those ways. Stop the negative talk and begin new thought patterns. Counter every negative one with a, a positive assessment of who God says you are. Let me, let, let me play out a scenario for you. you there's, a, there's a possibility maybe you've walked through this, but you're at work. And you believe that you're going to get the promotion that's coming up. But someone else gets that promotion. Somebody that you deem as not as qualified as you. And immediately your self-worth takes a nosedive. How did this happen? I, I'm, I'm next in line. I've been here longer. I, I, I know more about the job. I know more about the company. What did I do wrong? It, there must be something wrong with me. Instead of going down that thought path, take a step and go, wait a second. Is there a reason why I got overlooked? Is there something in my job that maybe I'm missing? Maybe it's an opportunity for you to sit down with your supervisor and say, hey, is there something that I'm missing? Can I do better because I thought I was going to be next in line? Find ways that you can improve. Instead of just bashing yourself that you're not good enough, find ways that you can improve. And if you can't find any reason why, then simply remind yourself, newsflash, life is not fair. Life is not fair. Try to teach. You know how difficult that is to teach your kids? All of you parents, amen. Life is not fair. Yesterday, I forget, one of my kids said, that's not fair. Life's not fair, man. Learn it now. Because if you get it now, you're going to be 
golden when you get older. You didn't get the promotion not because you're not good enough or you're not qualified enough. Just life's not fair sometimes. Stop the negative self-talk. Stop beating yourself up. Say, you know what? Life's just not fair. Monster.com, find another job. Or perhaps, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. God said, I got something better for you. you. You had your eyes on that, but I got something for you over there. But yet we build into this, I, I knew it. I knew I'm not smart enough. I've been told my entire life I'm never good enough. And God's saying, that's not it at all. You, you had your eye here, but I have, I've got so much better for you. We have to begin new thought patterns. Number two, we need to spend time in God's word. Well, pastor, we know that. Yeah, but we really need to spend time in God's word. We need to understand and we need to let it resonate. That we need to see it fresh and new every time we open it up and say, God, I want to see who you have called me to be. I want to see the ways that you love me. I want to be reminded of those things. A great example is Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You may need to tell yourself that every day. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to put it on your, your bathroom counter or in your car or whatever. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who I am. That's the promise of my God. That's who I am. That's the promise that we hold on to. That's how we can allow this self-value to rise when we understand who God has called us to be. That you are not created by accident and you are not a mistake. There's a plan and purpose for your life. Spend time in his word understanding your value. And number three, recognize your value. You see, there's a difference between having an inflated ego and just simply understanding your significance based on your God-given talents and abilities he has given to you. There's a difference in, in having an inflated view of yourself or then realizing, no, this is who God has called me to be. That I have talents, gifts, and abilities. That's not that I'm, I'm boasting myself. That's not that I'm being proud, but that God has called me. God has created me this way. That is healthy. That is normal. And I believe more believers need to do that. So how do we do that? How do we recognize this value? This may seem very simple and, and very elementary, but please, I believe there is value in this. That you take a piece of paper and you write down five to ten characteristics, five to ten gifts, five to ten accomplishments, five to ten things that are special and unique about you. And when you see them on a piece of paper, you realize, I have value. That this is who God has called me to be. That I'm a good listener. That I'm a good friend. I'm a good mother. I'm a good father. That, that I reach out to those that are, that are unloved, that, that, that I, I care for those, that I reach out, that whatever it may be, that, that you've accomplished great things. I graduated from high school. I was the first to go to college and graduate from my family. That's an accomplishment you should be proud of. I started my own business. That's an accomplishment. I got out of that terrible relationship. That is an accomplishment. And you see your value on paper. And then you take five things that you have negatively told yourself or lies that you believe that, that you're not smart enough, 
that you're not good enough or that you're ugly or whatever it may be. And every day you look on that list and say, I'm going to change this this list around. I'm going to take that negative and I'm going to make it a positive. If you feel like you're not smart enough, then, then read a few books about something that you don't know a lot about. Enroll in a college course online. Do something to get out of that. Find ways that you can take that negative and turn it into a positive. Recognize the value. Recognize who God has called you to be. And spend time with people that are going to lift you up. Spend time with people that are positive influences on you. If there are people that constantly speak negatively about you, maybe back away from them. And it may be your family. And it may be your closest friends. But maybe you just need to step away. I don't need that negativity in my life. I need people that are positive. I need people to lift me up. It's important to surround yourself with people to lift you up, to understand who you are. I believe today that there are a number of people that may be in this room that struggle with your self-worth and your self-esteem. This is not an issue that is just for young people. This isn't people that are just going through their middle age years and still trying to figure out life. There are people that I've had interactions with that are, that are older in life, that their kids and grandkids have gone off to college and they still struggle with their self-worth and their self-value because of something their parents spoke to them when they were kids. And I today, I want you to find freedom. I want you to find victory. I want you to find breakthrough today. I want you to understand that you are a child of God. Everybody say that with me. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Believe it with everything that's inside of you. I'm not going to believe the lies. I am not going to believe that I am not smart enough, that I'm never going to amount to anything. I know that God has created me and I am a child of God. I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for my life. I am a child of God. We have, we have the power that conquered the grave living inside of us. But do you know why we don't access that? Because of our self-worth and our self-value. God can't use me. That's for somebody else. God's going to use somebody else. That power doesn't dwell in me. I don't see anywhere in this book where it says there are qualifications. The only qualification is this. You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that his sins cover that his his blood covers all of our sins. That we will live our lives for him. We will submit our lives to him. That power dwells inside of us. It doesn't matter if you didn't graduate high school. It doesn't matter if you didn't go to college. It doesn't matter if you've been told you're ugly. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. All that matters is what God says about you. Church, this word has been burned on my heart. I've wanted to preach this message oh so bad. And the reason why is because I truly believe that breakthrough is going to happen today. When we fully understand what his word says, what his promises are, 
that it's not for your next door neighbor. It's not for someone else. It is for you. This word is for you. Stop believing the lies. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. God is going to work in my life and through me. All across the room, if you'd stand this morning. Understand who you are today. Understand your value. Understand your self-worth. Far too many people see their lives through the lens of what they've been told. Those words may be reverberating in your hearts and in your minds right now. You can hear that person saying those words as if they're standing right next to you. I'm praying right now that those words would be gone, that those memories would be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now I pray for every single person that we would see who we're created to be, that we would walk the life you have called us to be, that we would see that our kingdom that we can accomplish so much if we just grab a hold of that. Let nothing hold us back from reaching what you have for us. We are children of God. As we sing this song today, may the Holy Spirit do that work in your life. May breakthrough happen in your heart. May memories vanish. Let our hope, let our faith rise today and see who you called us to be. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.